0: Like, you can see his progression through, mm-hmm. like, the phases of life, like, whenever he hits puberty and, like, whenever he becomes an adult and when he goes to college and graduation and the significance of moving from high school to college. Like, it's really interesting to see all of that kind of tracked through the way that not only other people perceive his changes, but also the way his characters reflect his own change. Well, it's,
1: it's It is one of the most uniquely... 21st century things mm-hmm. of all time, there are not one, but three websites dedicated to Christine. Mm-hmm. And they're in that 13-hour documentary series, mm-hmm. the guy who was making it had to quit because he said it was bumming him out too much. Mm-hmm. Had he finished it, it would have been something like 25 parts and still going on. Uh, the website that's dedicated to everything, which is a mean-spirited website, I admit it, but it's the best place to get story updates. Um, is there's the Wikipedia
0: Oh, but there's also another one that's like... Kiwi Farms. No, there's another one that's like... Um, I
1: don't know. I think you're thinking of Kiwi Farms or Wikipedia. No, oh, there's
0: another one. Crap. I don't remember the name of it. Um, It was... Let me see. Oh, let me but
2: anyways... So yeah, this is... It's still a uniquely 21st century story. Like... If you wanted to see someone's life story as a day-to-day experience... hmm any at any point before this it would have to be written down and then it's still biased because it's biased from their perspective yeah like is it 21st century it his her story is still biased because it is what she is recording but it is less biased than what she what would have been written
1: but because of her You know, her oddities and because of, well, because of the autism, she doesn't have this filter that we all normally do. And it's kind of like in the modern age, anyone can be Truman from The Truman Show, but most folks are framing it their own way. And what makes Christine so fascinating is she doesn't seem to have that filter. So she's just recording her daily life as this bizarre human being. And what I've read on several forums is that a lot of folks follow Christian christine now because they uh relate to her and i know i do i don't relate to the trolls who are are picking fights with her i relate to this kind of frustrated weirdo who like has this need to create but can't find the creativity can't find the the genius Mm -hmm. but still wants to have this confidence in what they're making I, i relate to christine frankly
0: like initially um her responses to a lot of trolls are kind Like, I mean, of course, they try to get uh, her riled up and things like that in a lot of the videos that I saw. Yeah. But it seems like her initial, like, response is, hey, I hope you all have a good day, some of you. You know, like, but it's, it's.
2: Well, Well, there's also the whole thing where, like, we have today a lot of IRL in real life Twitch streamers that just stream every moment of their life just because they can and then they can potentially make money off it. It doesn't seem like she is in it for the reasons that they're in it. She wants to be huge. She wants to be
1: the most famous person on earth and adored. I I don't know. What I think, and you know, we're not going to have a full episode on on Christian, Christine Weston Chandler, just because it it gets too complicated. What I think is the most fascinating part of this whole story and what makes me want to write a full book about it is – the story of Christian Weston Chandler mm-hmm. was a conservative ideal person being crucified. It mm-hmm. was homophobia and racism, and so it was kind of this like liberal mob using that as an excuse to write off her being bullied. Mm-hmm. And even when Blue Spike, which is the name of the troll that did, I think, pretty much raped her, yeah, through through the internet through tricks, it was a Troll-der. it was a mentally disabled person. They trolled a person into. Molesting themselves on audio, I call it rape. I do, mm-hmm. and
2: just
1: audio? it's just audio. I think the video was deleted after like someone stepped in and said, "You were 13 years old. You can go to prison for what you just did." Yeah, it's it's its own fucked up story, and I recommend anyone looking into it if this ends up on the recording of the episode. Anyways, all this terrible shit happened to Christine, mm-hmm. and it was always written off of, well, she's racist well she's homophobic so it's okay and now you have this really you have this 180 degree turn and now uh christine is vehemently anti-racist and vehemently gay and a part of the trans community and now the
2: trolling is decidedly homophobic well that's the thing a lot of trolls that exist on the internet don't actually have a like set uh belief system. Exactly. Right. They're in it to
0: start fights. <laughs> they're in
2: they're in it to
1: basically ruin a person's life. And right. and it's weird how people on the outside will see something as vicious as the bullying of a person who who is not 100% mentally healthy. Right. And they will write it off as okay because it doesn't align with their beliefs. I mean, and for
2: no right. 100% mentally healthy.
0: Well, let's True. go ahead and let's like pull back from this microscope on so, one person and try to start Let me this.
2: actually go ahead and introduce the yeah. episode. Yeah, so, welcome, you know, to welcome to Kinkcast.
1: Kinkcast is a podcast about uh, alternative sexual lifestyles, kinks, fetishes, etc. Today, we wanted to uh, do a special episode that was topics, mental disability, and sex. Uh, originally, we we're going to do a full episode on Christine Weston Chandler, who is an internet urban legend, internet legend, I guess. I really recommend looking her up. You will have to sift through a lot of cruel shit. I think it's a fascinating story. Um I guess I'll give it a quote-unquote trigger warning. If you look up that story, you're going to see some cruel, hideous stuff. And she's a very abrasive character herself. Um,
0: Emotional abuse, sexual abuse.
1: It's a story that spans, what, 25 years now. But it's it's very much the Truman Show. If Truman was a um, culpable... Was culpable? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But anyways, uh, it brought up bigger questions of sex and mental disability. And it's not as uh, funny as a typical episode. It's a bit more serious. If you're looking to listen to KinkCast today to kind of laugh at some stuff, today might be the episode for you. It's going to be a little bit more serious. Um, And there's a lot of other disclaimers for today's episode too.
0: Yeah, we're going to try to handle this, um, this topic, this particular issue very carefully, because I feel like it is a sensitive one. It needs to be taken seriously. Um, and I think that this is something that we need to better advocate for. Um, some of the statistics, the numbers that are out there um, for the amount of people that are uh, sexually abused uh, or emotionally abused um, uh, that have some kind of um, cognitive disability. Uh, those numbers are sky high. And I think that it's something that we all need to better – I don't know, be better advocates Familiarize ourselves
1: with. Yeah. And it shouldn't have so much stigma around it. Um, You know, one of the other things I wanted to say – Is On today's episode, if we say anything that is offensive or incorrect, this is the episode to really reach out and send us an email because we want to be supportive of really any community out there, any individual, and we don't want to be misspeaking. With that said, we are not psychology professors. We're not even (laughs) psychology professionals. We all come from different college-educated backgrounds, but none of them in – uh, mental development, neurology, psychology, psychiatry, anything like that. So be aware that any conclusions we reach are not academic or professional. They're merely uh,
2: conversational, I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah conversational.
2: And d- try to forgive us for, you know...
0: Slip-ups. dead name
2: dropping and that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: I will be... And I, I'm worried about I'm doing that because I still haven't gotten to that part of the documentary series. Well, I don't think but, we're,
1: I don't think we need to bring up um, Christine anymore in today's episode. She might be a reference point for when we discuss autism. Okay, but I, I really that is such a complicated, deeply complicated story, right. um, and it invites so much trouble. I mean, we I, I looked into interviewing her, but just reaching out, you can get some serious fuckheads on your trail just for trying to talk right. to her.
0: Right, and I yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bother her so much because I feel like that would just be an invitation for more trolling. She,
1: uh, we're going into it more. I I want to talk about other stuff. Well, Uh, who are you? I'm Tommy. Usually we would do a game. Yes, I am Tommy. Usually we would do a game or something, but uh, it didn't feel quite appropriate for today's episode. So, what? I mean, I what game would we play for? cuz usually the game plays into whatever the topic is. What Dana is shaking her head to just move right along. So I'm not even going to do theoretical games. Okay. I'm Tommy. I'll be talking on today's episode I
2: am this voice. My name is Chris and there's no game.
0: And there is no game, correct? I am Dana and I'm I guess I'm <laughs> wielding the big a uh, whacking stick today. <laughs> like no, let's not do that. So Dana, I'm I'm, sorry. I'm
2: putting you in in charge. Hey, I wield the whacking stick every night.
0: Oh no, I'm I'm giving Dana the
1: whacking stick on today's episode. Okay. Dana is in charge of this conversation. So I made
0: some awesome notes, and that's only because I really feel like I really want to be careful with this issue make sure to be as respectful as possible to everybody and also like to advocate for people becoming better aware and educating themselves on how to handle sexuality and mental disabilities. Um that said, sexual health is a vital part of, you know, but it's often neglected aspect of healthcare for people with intellectual disabilities. I feel like that's something that we kind of shove out of our minds. Like we yeah. don't think about it like, oh, okay, like people that are like physically handicapped still have sex. So like People with any kind of disability, mental and whatever,
1: barring very rare uh, exceptions, everyone is born with a natural inclination towards sex,
0: right? And affection. Yes. And relationships. And I think that's something that I've definitely become more familiar with um, in my research for this episode. Um, a person with an intellectual disability is very likely to have the same range of sexual and relationship needs as any other adult. However, I did find one doctor um, who explained that there may be multiple barriers to forming healthy, equal sexual relationships and sexual abuse is widespread for people. Um, with mental disabilities or or some kind of cognitive um, limitations. But I mean,
2: there's a lot of issues around it because there could be people that just take advantage of that. Right. That is a huge problem. It's one yeah. of the biggest problems that is involved in. Um,
0: yeah. S-
2: in health Special care. needs to healthcare. Yes. Yeah.
0: Historically speaking, this has been an issue that has been. Um, around for a very, very long time. Um, let's see. I was looking for.
1: Well, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos that are interviews with people who are disabled in one way or another. Um, cause I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um, and a lot of times in these interviews, it'll be of someone who's 16 and 17 and who's disabled in some way. And one of the first things they always talk about is how they want to have a partner. I'm like, what? well, what do you do with your time? I'm like, oh, well, I want to get a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then they describe their dream boyfriend, right. and from an from the ableist perspective, from a prejudiced ableist perspective, someone would think, "Oh, that's not going to happen." And you read stuff like that in the YouTube comments. It's kind of this vitriol of, of "No, you're out of the gene pool. You don't get to participate in this," right? Um, which is a decidedly cruel and hideous opinion to hold.
0: Right, and one that's been enforced culturally and medically in a lot of ways. And I'll get into that. But first, I wanted to drop a couple of numbers on you guys. Um, According to some research that was done in the U.S., Um, In 1994, granted, that's really out of date, but I feel like that needs to be. um, That's where
2: I get most of my information from that little book. (laughs) Early 90s research.
0: Yeah, I hate that. I feel like we need more up-to-date research. But um, as of this study, it said 68% of intellectually disabled girls and 30% of intellectually disabled boys will be sexually abused before their 18th birthday. Oof. Sixty-eight percent and thirty percent. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, From what that's... I've
2: seen, it's a lot of their caretakers too. Not, not right. to it's say people, no,
0: it's people that are around them, people yeah. that they know, and people I don't, that are I don't like want to dis-
2: disparage their caretakers because that's a very difficult job.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here's another number: between 15,000 and 19,000 adults with intellectual disabilities are raped every year. Um, disabled adults are not often given the training they need to identify and anticipate abusive situations. Emotional insecurity, low self-esteem, and the learned behavior of not questioning caregivers uh, or others in authority make disabled adults easy targets for abuse. In this particular article, it said that this is a good reason to advocate for better education um, on behalf of, of those with um, cognitive disabilities to basically... I guess, familiarize them with what kind of things might be considered abusive and some things that they should notify someone else about. Um, so it's basically equipping them with the tools to, in order to understand, okay, this kind of appropriate touching is okay. This kind of appropriate touching, or this kind of touching is not appropriate or okay.
2: And this has a whole another like societal issue where it's like you want to advocate for, or we all want to advocate for, uh, better sexual education for everyone everyone every human being mm-hmm. but to even have that discussion it's like for this in particular it's like i we want we need to teach sex ed to um uh, developmentally challenged people mm-hmm. he, you also have to advocate for sex education for everyone for everyone yeah uh, but there will be people that will just be like, we shouldn't have sex education at all. Right. So it's there's multiple stepping stones that we need to go over. Well, there are a I lot think- of
0: social agendas and political agendas and religious agendas involved in sex education, as we've discussed before. But yeah, what we're going to say? Well, to I, you-
1: I think it's so easy to just to just hang it on on the right on right wing politics, and I'm not here to just bang at those bars like I am some days, but what I think is a mistake of a lot of right-leaning, uh, policy mm-hmm. is the, just the, that ain't right idea, which just smothers things by putting them under the rug. Right. Is there is an issue of disabled people being taken advantage of, should we teach them uh, lessons about sexuality so they can understand their own sexuality and avoid abuse? Well, now you start looking into, um, Having a classroom full of people who are mentally disabled or Mm -hmm. individuals on a one-on-one basis and teaching them about sexuality. And I can already hear in my head the conservative talk radio. They want to sit down people who are disabled and talk to them about sex. Not in my country. And so you just sweep it under the rug. Mm -hmm. And that way nobody has to see it. Nobody has to worry about it.
0: It's something that is not comfortable to discuss.
1: Yeah, it makes right. you uncomfortable, so if you don't discuss it, it's not happening. It's out of sight, out of mind, Correct. which is something that is very uh, typical for someone who was who born with, with a disability, for any range of disabilities, right. is, I don't want to hear about this. If we don't screw with it, you'll just magically develop a callus that means you can't get hurt.
0: I will say that it, reporting abuse has been difficult uh, for most people people that have limited verbal skills too. So it's really difficult even once you equip people uh, with the skills to report that something happened, you know, somebody touched me inappropriately. Sometimes it's hard to even convey that or to communicate that with somebody um, who may be challenged in order to like communicate that effectively. Right? Somebody, somebody may have
1: issues with impulse skills. control might have, and to where they lie often. Someone right. might have issues with um, separating fantasy from reality. And so right. you get a quote unquote cry wolf situation where – Something that's actually happening is difficult to report. Nonverbal skills, cata, catatonic, I believe um, that could, mm-hmm. th- that, that is on the spectrum.
0: Right. Um, and there's, I mean, also not to mention the support services for people with disabilities are very <laughs> limited anyways. So on top of that, something specific to um, looking into, um, you know, sexual abuse for people with mental disabilities is even smaller. Um, so the, really the support services are not really even there. Um, I will kind of, i I do want to kind of talk a little bit about history. Do y'all have any other thoughts on,
1: uh, no, we've
2: pretty this? well accept the modern stage. What did you have? I mean, it's, it's hard to look at this as a society because for the most part, society likes to pretend that this doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, like you shuffle off the people you don't want to see into a corner, at least society does. Um uh, and so it's it's hard to even be like, okay, we we've got caretakers for them. Isn't that enough? Mm-hmm. Like that's what people say. It's like we need more than that. We need people who aren't going to be taking advantage of them as caretakers. We need people who are trained specifically as caretakers for them, not people who are just
0: babysitters. Babysitters. Well exactly. what
2: I, what I see happening a lot on social media and on
1: television is it used to be out of sight, out of mind. You take these people, no matter where they are on 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 their ability to uh, conform to society, um, and you put them away. You just put them away in a box and never let them out of the box. Mm-hmm. But now we're developing into a society that does the same thing, except you have the exceptional gold star cases, mm-hmm. where there's uh, there's someone who, because of their certain circumstances, whether whether it be wealth or the way they were raised, they're participating in society. And so they get the Inst- Instagram account with 10,000 likes, mm-hmm. or they get to be on Extreme Makeover Home Edition, and it's kind of played off like, oh, isn't that cute? Isn't that sweet? And so it's this... Not having to have the guilt of out of sight, out of mind. You get to have your cake and eat it too. There are plenty of people who are suffering, who are struggling with this ability. We're not putting them on TV. We're not putting them on Instagram. We're blacking them out and not and not caring about them. And then we're taking the cases that look nice, that look pretty, and we're putting them on a pedestal like everything's fine. See, I actually,
2: uh, uh, in, the, in the aughts, the 2000s, uh, I had an issue with this because they were – essentially Aspergers became a trendy it became trendy there were a lot of movies that were coming out of people who the, the star of the feature was someone who had Aspergers but it wasn't actually someone who had Aspergers it was someone who had a fictional written idea of Aspergers uh Abed the Temple Grandin movie uh, Abed Big Bang Theory uh, Big Bang Theory in particular is one of the worst of those but uh abed too. abed is actually a decent example of it but there i'm I, there were so many movies that were coming out that were just like oh they're just quirky and we just have to understand their quirks and it's like we need to understand them yeah that is true but you can't fictionalize something that you don't understand and most of the people who are writing this are not actively trying to understand It's the same idea as
1: like mystifying, which was a big problem with um, Hollywood and race in the 90s, where you're not breaking down racial barriers by having your only black character be a wise old black woman. Mm -hmm. You're leaning on a cliche that's not acknowledging the actual problems within society. Mm
0: -hmm. So Um, can we talk about stigma? absolutely. I think this is a good place to identify that. I think what we've identified here, I mean, literally on this show, we talk about, like out-of-the-norm sort of sexualities, right? That's literally what this podcast does. And I think this is a good idea to kind of focus on the fact that some of the people we talk about on the show are also outliers.
2: Um, Absolutely. And
0: and things that are maybe non-traditional or, you know, something else like that. Well, that's the thing.
2: Everyone's an outlier in some way.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, as we
1: discussed, there's a huge overlap between autism and some of the uh, some of the fandom sexualities.
2: But that's right. the thing; you shouldn't judge someone for being an outlier because there's some way that everyone is an outlier. Mm-hmm. Everyone sure. likes something quote weird. That's the everyone moral. Of the likes show. something strange. So, like, you got to accept everyone.
0: Right, but I will say historically. um this was not this was not such an understanding place. No. People with any kind of alternative anything were basically, you know, Are not you saying not okay. back in the
2: fifties they were like not okay with sex?
0: Yeah, no, they've never been. Anyways, but let's talk about this. Um, those with cognitive disabilities especially were often selected to be sterilized, whether surgically or through hormone suppression. Um, This is now extremely discouraged and largely considered inappropriate. Most of the time this was done for social reasons, really, rather than medical ones, because people felt uncomfortable discussing the kind of sexualities that were kind of out of the norm. Um, And so it was easier to just sterilize someone than to actually let them um, explore their own sexualities in the capacity that they could. Well,
1: and if I could speak at a turn a little bit with something that I, I have no idea on, I'm really just speculating but my guess is is that in some forms of sterilization, it's also going to kill sex drive. And a, a common problem for folks who are very dis, uh, developmentally disabled mm-hmm. um, might be openly masturbating or not having a common understanding of shame. Mm-hmm. And so especially in a family environment that has not properly explained the idea of, hey, you can't do this in public. Right. You might have someone who starts masturbating at the kitchen table. And instead of reacting to this and taking the time and having the understanding of the way that behavior works, it's just... Yeah.
0: Well, and I'll definitely talk about that when we get to some resources, because I did find some good resources for how to talk about those things. Um, But I did want to give one particular example that I thought was pretty relevant. Um, One example is scientist Alan Turing Um, of significant historical relevance for cracking the German naval Enigma machine during World War II, uh, was much later chemically castrated for illegally engaging in homosexual activity. So, of course, one of these considerable outliers.
2: Uh, The whole movie that was made about him is apparently completely wrong. Uh But, yeah, it is one of the saddest stories of our time. If you've heard of the Turing test, it's named after him because he created it. He is one of the most forward-thinking individuals That has probably ever lived uh, One of the most intelligent individuals Who's ever lived Uh, He He predicted And saw Artificial intelligence 50 years before artificial intelligence Was even thought of as a concept And he was chemically castrated He was chemically castrated because he was a homosexual And then the uh, Very recently The British government apologized for that to you know. so what? A stone? They, years and years after his yeah. death, they're like, "Oh, we're sorry." Being gay is not bad now.
0: Yeah, they took they took that like they literally went back and changed paperwork to. Um, Forgive that particular crime. Anyways. um, Yes, because
2: it was a crime. He was literally considered a criminal.
0: Right. Because Um, of
2: his activities.
0: So like he was, he was chemically castrated for illegally engaging in homosexual activity, after which he was so depressed he committed suicide. Um, Although that is debated as well. Some people say he did commit suicide. Some people said it was accidental. I don't know. Um, But uh, at the time this happened, any kind of homosexual activity was considered both a deformity of cognition and morality, which is why I'm bringing it in. People would say, oh, that doesn't have anything to do with mental disability. But at this time, that was literally considered both um, um, a disfigurement of morality and also cognition. It's
2: also, at the time, eugenics was very popular, which is bullshit. Uh, but it was a very widespread idea of like, you have, you know, we want the superior genes and the Nazis spread it. I mean, their whole thing was based around eugenics. And so it was seen in eugenics as being like, oh, if you're gay, you are in fear. Disabled.
0: And we're going to remove you from the gene pool. Yeah. Right.
2: You can't, which is an oxymoron to me. But um if but you we really... don't even
0: want you to enjoy sex anymore. Well, Basically no, make it where you the, can't the even. whole thing
2: is we don't want you to accidentally. We don't want you to sleep with a woman at some point and then accidentally pass it off. At at any rate, if
1: if you want to look up something absolutely terrifying is is what we now regard as like the DSM, DSM DSM-4, DSM-5. If you slowly devolve that and you go back to before it was the DSM and where it was just like your local Catholic preacher wrote down a list of what was acceptable to be put in the insane asylum. I don't even know if that's a PC term or not anymore. But, I mean, the... Criteria for being locked away used to be shit like
2: postpartum depression, mm-hmm. masturbating, too hysteria. Often. Yeah, hysteria the, used the to be a uh, root word for hysteria is, uh, isn't it like it, it's something to do with like females yeah, wanting sex? It literally
0: has to do with hysteria, which is the uh, like the um.
2: But it, it, it's like a rude. prefix, basically,
0: yeah. for anything dealing with women's issues.
2: But yeah, it was like basically like, oh, she's hysterical because yeah. she's on her period. Yeah, so she obviously can't be thinking. Her tranquil. vagina has swum up to her head. Yeah. And, and Tommy, it's infirm. We don't even have to go back before the DSM was created. DSM one, and DSM two. one, DSM two, DSM three. Even a lot of the DSM four is very heteronormative, and it's very much just like. No, if they are engaging in this kind of behavior, it is because they are deficient in some way and they need to be removed from society.
0: Right, which is a stigma that was like has been hard-pressed to get rid of. Uh, Gratefully, today we know much better. The practice of sterilization is long concluded. uh, For what used to be misunderstood and thus suppressed and punished is now made to be normalized, celebrated, and culturally equitable, if not politically yet. I know there are a lot of people... That like Turin, you know, have still struggled with like cultural acceptability and political stability, uh, acceptability within one the of places the heroes where they
2: live. of World War II. Yeah. He yeah. solved the Enigma code. One of the greatest individuals who lived saved millions of people's lives. But yeah you know, it it's important to have figureheads like that but at the same
1: time there are plenty of innocent people who never got to have any kind of identity right. because of what their township or family did to them mm-hmm. over the sense of a misunderstanding or misdiagnosis because it is a 100% fucking first world luxury that we have the understanding of the human brain that we have but
2: the the thing the reason to bring him up is because yes. he is a hero he is someone that people look up to. It's something that you can, it, it's relatable and you can be like, it can happen to you. Yeah. And well, then there's that perfect irony
0: in,
1: in bringing down Hitler with that man's technology.
0: Right. And like, that's, that's one reason why I chose to talk about him in this particular instance. That said, the same applies to sexuality for those with cognitive disabilities. Um, it's my personal opinion that everyone should be able to participate in sex in any way that they desire as long as it doesn't violate the SSC. Uh, which we talk about on the show all the time. It's, you know, all sex acts need to be safe, sane, and consensual. And this is especially important uh, dealing with hard limits. Um, And that's going to vary from person to person. So I think it's really important, especially with somebody um, who may not understand the concept of consent. Um, It's important to discuss that very clearly. So I
1: actually have my first roundtable question. And okay. it's going to be a very sensitive one. And if even answering the question makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I might not even answer the question. But uh, it, it sounds cruel to make a scale. But there, there is a line in the sand somewhere of if a person can have sexuality in their life because of understanding. Mm-hmm. Because I very much stand by the idea that 18 is, is the absolute law of whether or not a person can engage in sex or not Mm -hmm. from an age standpoint. Right. But that's also cognitive to me in a way. And I think that to be able to engage in sex, you should be able to have the full faculties of an adult that can understand the consequences of sex. And if someone is disabled enough that they can't fully comprehend sex, is it okay for their caretakers to not necessarily take it away but block attempts to reach sexuality? Is that unethical?
0: I think... At least for me, and this might be something that I'm completely wrong on, but I think that no matter what kind of cognition, like if somebody just literally doesn't understand, but also still has that sexual impulse and drive, there should be some kind of healthy way for them to experience that and to um, uh, participate in something like that. Maybe not with another person. I will say that because I think that they should be allowed to maybe practice with toys. And yeah, or, I stand by that hundred
2: yeah. percent. So there's a very good chance that this is going to get cut. This idea? Uh, this question, because I've actually been debating this question as well. Uh, and it is the, like you said, the idea of like essentially castrating someone. Yeah. Well, because there are people that don't understand language like they they're but they still have sexual desires mm-hmm. and I think that, yeah to, sorry you could argue that it would be better for them as in like they would be happier l- legitimately just on a broad scale just happier if they just did not ever understand those desires never experienced those desires whatsoever mm-hmm. And it's
1: a difficult topic to talk about. But that's why I think that this comes down to – you. and what what we may be guilty of here is we are very much uh, generalizing Generalizing. disability itself because this runs the gamut from people who are nonverbal all the way to someone who has bipolar 1 or uh, depression. Mm -hmm. And mental disability, we're finding out that just – a few kinks in, in your neurology and a few kinks in your childhood can really give anybody a mild disability. Well, and it, it, that, that's such a wide gamut trying to make rules. And just to finish this thought is I, I feel like depriving a person of any kind of sexuality in most cases is wrong, which is why I kind of view it and, and this might be unethical to say, but I'm going to stand by it from my personal opinion Mm -hmm. and my my viewpoint as it's leaving my head, I kind of view sex as the same weight of responsibility as driving a car. And you could even relate one to the other of Mm -hmm. the ability to drive means the ability to handle a sexual relationship. Right. And And it's just like I would never take away a driving video game from someone who's too disabled to drive. I would never take away sex toys or pornography from them. Right. But I, I don't think that And it's up to the caretaker. It's up to the caretaker to decide if they could handle something
2: should the occasion arise. We've also, we know that men who have been castrated live much longer. Really? Yes. If you, today, Tommy, if you were to get your testicles cut off, you would extend your average lifespan by at least 10 years. Chemically, physically, or both? Physically.
0: I don't want to see the numbers on that. I, I don't know about that.
2: that I, that's why I'm saying most of this is going to get cut because a lot of this research that I, did, I don't I did think not there's bring a up. need
0: to cut it. I think that we would need to have like the actual research here present for us to like actually submit but that. But I,
1: into I it. think Chris Something is here. going for the idea of if we're going by ugh, the car metaphor
2: as I'm calling it, there's people who can drive, people who can't drive, mm-hmm. people who. I'm no. I'm going even further beyond that. Like I'm just, if we're looking at it as a purely happiness scale, there are some countries that just dis- like describe happiness yeah uh it you can argue that there would be people that would be happier Without understanding what a sex drive is. There are also
1: people without any disabilities whatsoever who would be happier without a sex drive. But that's that's a topic for another day. That's also
0: going into the whole. a decision that needs to be made by the person. Exactly. And I also think that that shouldn't be made by any other person. Exactly. It it goes into
2: the whole eugenics argument, which is why I was not going to bring this up until Tommy started talking about
0: it. Y'all are literally following the exact same train of thought that I was as I was researching this. So let me get to this. Um, What is most important is assessing someone's capacity for understanding consent and serving as an advocate sensitive to protecting their boundaries. Uh, This requires education and support, as well as repeated discussion on the uh, the participants' comfort and emotional needs. Uh, While I've explained this very broadly, it's my intention uh, for this to serve as a guideline, um, as each person is unique and may prefer, uh, to approach sexuality and even foreplay and flirting in different ways. So, um, I really think that it's important to not, like, like you said, we were kind of generalizing there. Yeah. I think that it would be best to, I mean, every person's going to have a different level of what they can, um, understand and, uh, communicate effectively. So I feel like we can't really even say who deserves to get to have sex and who doesn't, or what should be, I don't know.
1: It, it comes down to case by case basis in yeah. caretaker. I, I stand by, if you're beneath the understanding of an 18 year old, you need to have a caretaker. I mean, and that that's a fact of life for, for bills, for, um, for paying taxes, for having a job. And it's very unfortunate that some folks end up without caretakers may end up institutionalized. Mm -hmm. And as it's been pretty well proven in the United States, if you end up in any kind of state-run institution, it's going to feel like prison, even if you've done nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't want the government making those kinds of decisions. So I I, I think that especially for something as, as trying to relate to the emotions and happiness of someone who may even be outside of what we view as basic emotions, Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's wrong to try and make generalized statements, which is exactly what the government would do, and that we don't want that to happen. Um, I don't know.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that we're we're kind of on the same page here. I, I, I think, think it's important to discuss what we discuss. I right?
1: think that what, what Chris is getting at is that there are some people from disability or not – where sex can only bring them misery mm-hmm. and in a case where someone cannot intellectualize that and someone else must take their sexuality away from them because it only brings them misery that is a deeply deeply personal and mm-hmm. complicated situation that's right. hard to even theorize about
0: right well like are you are you mm-hmm. trying to get at like somebody who like
2: no this is not anything that i agree with this oh. is completely devil's advocate kind of thing conversational okay. yeah but like, uh, for men, if you were to remove their testicles,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, it reduces aggression, and it has been previously shown that you do live a happier life. Like, so it
0: changes the quality of life as well as the length of life.
2: Yes, oh. so like. Uh, There was a question, I can't remember where it was, where uh, it was just blatantly asked, like, hey, there's a very simple procedure that we can do right now. Uh, They asked a bunch of men, I I can't, I didn't write it down because I did not think it was worthy of writing down, uh, that you can extend your life by 10 years, you will be happier throughout that whole time. Like all these different things, quality of life completely like goes off the roof. And it was just like, okay, well, I yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I'll do that procedure. And it's like, okay, all we have to do is remove your testicles. I think there's people who take that. I mean, it's, it's
1: so, off topic. Well,
0: the thing, so it was a the social is, experiment?
2: Yeah. The, they didn't
0: actually do it? This was just no, a social they're, experiment?
2: No, they're not going to actually do it.
0: <laughs> so it doesn't actually extend your life 10 years? No, it
2: does. It's been shown that it does. Okay. okay. Like, the, we've had castrati for hundreds of years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we've had chemical castration for uh, not as long, but we've had people who've been castrated for a very long time. So we, we know what happens when you castrate someone. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that genitalia in general is very cancer prone.
1: So having that removed alone would probably extend lifespan by two, three years. But if I'm I had concerned to guess. about
0: quality. Like what if someone's life is about engaging and enjoying sex. It would be like, cruel. It
1: would be one of the cruelest things you could ever do to a human so being. So how does
0: that improve everyone's quality but of life? you
1: also think of some people I guess that's why I'm
0: having a hard time wrapping my brain around. I think there I are some people
1: that. whose sexuality does bring them misery. There, okay. there are proven cases. And this yeah. is, this is a, it's a medical abnormality, but it does exist. Okay. There's people who their orgasm is painful. Their right, yeah. orgasm brings a migraine. It, it, it's a strange. Some people argue it might be psychological because it there, has not been proven.
2: I, I want to finish this thought though. Real quick. I'm I'm gonna add on to that. There are people who have been convicted for child pornography that want to be convicted or want to be chemically castrated right. because they were just like, I don't want to do this, but there is something wrong in my head that makes me want this, and I would rather not have sexual. Desires whatsoever.
0: But see, that's them making that decision. The way that we were linking that, and you had kind of like segued into that, made it seem like it would benefit people with mental disabilities to be castrated is what I was getting from that transition. And, and that's I why I was wanting clarification. It's, it's a
1: deeply interesting point. And, and, I, and I hate to bring up something that's so uh, so vile, but it honestly reminds me of the, of the sex dolls that go to pedophiles so they don't go out in the streets and do it to a real child. This is such a deeply – repulsive topic that involves doing such heinous things, and it would be such a case by case, and it wouldn't involve, involve so much research, actual research. It would involve so much uh, reflection mm-hmm. and time to sit with. I don't think it's good to even continue this conversation on the fly off the top of the head.
0: Without research. Without
1: really looking at it and reflecting on it. Right. But with that said, I, I think that there are probably rare instances I'm not even going to finish the thought. I want to move on to something else. Yeah, I like it though. I mean, I think, I think it's interesting. I think we've said some interesting points and it's some interesting tongue twisters for the brain to go through, but I would like to go on to something else and I think we should keep it.
0: Well, I do think this is a great place to discuss, um, kind of our VIP of the episode. Um, if that's okay, because I was talking a little bit about, um, sexuality foreplay and flirting and the way that those are sometimes unique For different people. Um, So if we do talk about Christine, I think that it's important to bring up um, the way that she actually approached flirting and the way that she approached um, engaging in relationships for her that seemed the most straightforward through using a sign.
1: I think that you could, and you'd hate to generalize, but I I think that there are certain tropes of Asperger's and autism and love Mm -hmm. that have been exploited by the media, 100%. But uh, I, w- I would say the vast majority of folks who are on the autism spectrum are contributing members of society, provided that they are raised by by hardworking parents mm-hmm. who really put the time in to 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 bring them to
2: to normalize them with society. I mean, in sexuality is difficult.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't even have to say, provided that they were raised by. Yeah, th- that that was probably harsh. That was probably. It, um, There are plenty of people that are on the spectrum that don't know they're on the spectrum.
0: Right. Sure. And I was just talking about that particular example because I thought it was neat that, you know, her approach to trying to attract somebody. She was, like, wanting to have that experience to be in a relationship with someone, to flirt with someone, to go on a date and have a sweetheart, right? And literally use a sign, like, saying, these are all my qualities. These are all the qualities I'm looking for. And I thought that was, like... I mean, a very benign way to approach relationships. Um, it's
2: like it's, back in the 80s and 90s where there were legitimate, days. like, personal labs. video. VHS. Like, you, yeah, VHS. You signed up for services where you recorded yourself saying I really like I'm short walks on the beach. Yes. You like short <laughs> walks on the beach. What the hell's wrong with you? I can t- I don't like walking that far, Tommy. Fair enough. We're not going on a date with you. Um, I just
0: thought it was really neat because there are a lot of different, like, social situations, yeah. which over time and uh, over, you know, I don't know, periods of like high school and things like that, you learn social mores. Um, and I thought that, that was really an impressive way to approach dating in a way that was comfortable for her, but also was trying to reach out and find some. Well, and
1: else. it ended in ridicule and a big reason behind that and a big reason why... Um, why a lot of autistic people suffer from bullying is because academics, unfortunately sports and way sexuality is very much a game of King of the Hill. Yeah. And if you can shovel your hand over somebody's head and push them lower to the bottom of the hill, you've gotten that much closer to the top. And sexuality is very much a game of being suave and being secretive, which is one of the things we're trying to dispel because there's all these stupid fucking games with sex because we live in a society that can't address it normally. And so we're trying to build a new sexual world and it's taking a long fucking time. And because an autistic person will typically be so incredibly direct, direct enough to just make a sign and put it in public. It will be a subject of ridicule, ridicule because a guy shitting on that and making a funny joke out of that has moved himself close to the top. Right. Instead of,
2: you know, putting your hand on the dude's in shoulder. In his own head. What? Huh? I mean, he's moved himself close to the top in his own head. Yes. Which, it does help with society, because your own self-image is what you – Push out to the world, and a big problem. I, I'm but that sure that doesn't necessarily mean he's actually, you know, attract
1: anyone else. Of course, and to be heteronormative for a moment, if I may, mm-hmm. a big part of male sexuality is making other men look weak. Right. If you cannot look strong, you make other men look weak. And I remember being 19. I remember being 17. I remember being 20 and loaded with testosterone. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. It's impressive that I can remember those days. <laughs> I can do all the I, alcohol. I know how
2: much you drank during those days. <laughs> it's very impressive.
1: <laughs> okay, I was real quick a, a, a anecdotal story. I was with Chris for Labor Day weekend. We got drinks with some friends we knew from that age. And we, I was we were taking two separate cars. Chris was in the other car and I remembered a nickname we had for Chris when we were 19 that we used to call him all the time. Hey, we no. got out of the car cuz he hated the nickname. Went, "Hey Chris, do you remember this nickname?" He goes, "What is that?"
2: I've, he had no memory of it. I've never had it. heard of it. And then when you brought a third or, yeah, uh, a fourth person. He didn't live with us. He did not. But you were like, hey, let me tell you this, the start of this nickname. And he was like, I've never heard that before. So I feel like very much vindicated that that was never a nickname that was actually given We in called public. you that at least twice a what week. What was
0: it? Uh,
1: it was, the joke was that Chris was a, a OBGYN and his name would be Chris Topper Docker. Which all spawned from the joke of, well, I don't want to go in Chris into... Chris wants the topper. Chris Topper Poodie docker.
2: Um, <laughs> never anything never that... I can't that.
0: believe you were friends from that long ago. Isn't that
2: crazy? I God, I man. would argue that I've never heard that name before. Like, I had never heard it Maybe it, it was before. only
0: used behind your back.
2: That's why I was
1: like... <laughs> we theorized that. But anyways, uh, my point is that uh, to get to a very serious point from that Actually. is to speak very heteronormatively, uh, we most definitely emasculate men... Uh, To make ourselves look better. Or a male might do that to another male to make himself look better. Folks who are developmentally disabled are 100% going to be the victims of that. Which is why so many disabled people have trouble in school, in public schools. Because it's just a giant fucking jungle of testosterone. Toxic masculinity. Let's go. (laughs) In the middle of this episode... Toxic masculinity isn't a developmental disability. It's more of a uh, conscious choice to be not in control of one's emotions as excused by societal norms that need to be torn down.
0: That's the most feminist
1: thing I've ever said.
0: (laughs) It's also like an emotional, I don't know, suppression of a lot of things too. Like don't feel emotions, right? Yeah. Anyways. I try not to. It's hard. It's so hard, but you can't be Spock.
2: You know
1: what I think would be a good topic point? is uh, developmental disability and homosexuality. We already mentioned earlier that homosexuality used to be viewed as a disability. Mm -hmm. And on this show, we've talked about how we don't even consider it a kink or a fetish at this point. It's just – or alternative. It's Mm -hmm. just a mainstream binary option. Yeah. Um, But I imagine being developmentally disabled and being gay – And I I know I went to, I'm not going to identify anyone or how I know them, but I definitely knew someone who was very autistic
2: and gay. Mm -hmm. And It's also a whole issue because media still sees it as an alternative. Yeah. So if you're going to watch TV or whatever, like it's pointed out when a couple is gay. It's Mm -hmm. not just like a normal thing. That they do in the show
0: It's slowly just, being normalized though It is Slowly
2: Thankfully uh, From like shows like uh, Modern Family um, I can't
1: think of it. Anymore. Without putting that, that that glaze on it Which is a very fine line to walk I, I mean it's not even relevant to the topic I, I just It's important to have diversity Without it being for diversity's sake Which is its own art form of making that happen People talk about that With the Star Wars movies of how there's some layer of it that feels like forced diversity. And forced diversity has a weird kind of like horse drawn by a committee kind of feeling to it. It's weird I've never
2: heard of that force power.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> but that's not even relevant to today's episode. Here's um, your
0: one joke.
1: When someone is, uh, especially on the autism spectrum, yeah. uh, they are very much under control of their caretakers. And a lot of times homosexuality is – Uh, deeply, deeply discouraged. Mm -hmm.
0: But it is so important. I think that this is a great topic to talk about in terms of just support for someone that has, you know, some kind of um, mental disability. Because those people are like, literally, I don't want to say gatekeepers, but they're basically the gatekeepers for somebody trying to become, you know, figure out themselves, to figure out their own self-identity and also to explore themselves sexually.
1: Well, that goes back to the idea that parents need to be more involved in discussing sex with their kids, which people could try and label me as trying to say something very horrific with that, which I'm not. I, I think it's very important to have discussions with the people that you're raising, the people you share a house with, the people who are going to go off and bear your name that you say, hey, here are what the rules are. You need to follow it. Here's the mistakes I've made. Don't make my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Here's the mistakes that have happened in this family. Don't do it. Wear a condom. Listen to the word no. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a yes from a terrified person who you bullied into bed is actually a no and you've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And in the case of developmentally disabled, it just doubles down on all of those same ideas. And so if you have a person with a highly repressed sexuality, someone who is autistic might not be able to um, – express themselves in a, in a private way. Mm-hmm. And if they have a repressed caretaker, a repressed, repressed parent, they're just going to smother their sexuality of don't embarrass the family. Don't embarrass yourself. Um, and that, that's a shame. That That's very much a pity that we live in a society where a person who is developmentally disabled and uh, gay as well, they can't wear two hats. That's too many hats. That's mm-hmm. too many things.
0: You're a double outlier. You
1: can't be a double outlier that puts you too far away. And and it's all because of of, of fear of ridicule. Mm -hmm. Fear of ridicule or or outdated religious. And I'm not trying to bang, trying to kick the anti-religion horse. I stand by the idea that God, gods, or lack thereof, they don't give a shit. They Mm -hmm. don't. Jesus Christ doesn't give a shit what you do with the asshole. He's got bigger concerns, like the fucking people killing kids with drones. Jesus hates that more than butt sex. I can guarantee it a hundred times over.
0: You're my favorite preacher.
1: Thank you.
2: Um, But I I do... I imagine going to church and having Tommy up there being like... Jesus doesn't care about butt sex.
0: <laughs> he I doesn't. Watched, <laughs> I watched a really great. What is it? Simon and Garfunkel. Si- no, Simon and o- No.
2: Garfunkel and Notes.
0: Yes, Garfunkel and Notes. Oh, the, the singer-songwriters. What was, what was I, si- the, okay. Simon the and Garfunkel, songwriters. That's, Hollow That's notes right. Are Hall and Oates. That's it. But they did one. Garfunkel
2: and Notes is a pair of comedians. Who they're, are... Yeah, they're two female comedians.
0: That's it. Those are the ones I'm talking about. Okay. Dadgum it, so many things like names are. Well, no, it's because like, their name is, 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 is a head. hats
2: off to both
1: of them. Yeah, anyways. Yeah.
0: Well, anyways, they did one on butt sex and it makes me laugh because it's like it doesn't really count if it's in the butt. Anyways.
2: Your <laughs> Thank you, Chris. But let's
0: let's refocus again. I did find some really great resources on um, this page. It's autismawarenesscenter.com, Um, and basically talking about setting boundaries. And even though it's kind of difficult to um, Convey those sometimes, or to communicate those reinforcement is important. So, reiterating and reiterating and repeating, repeating over and over again, what things are okay. Whenever you're, um, whenever a person is getting to those age where they're kind of exploring their sexuality, is important. Um, so, like to say, okay, you can only do these things when you're in the bathroom. Okay, but which bathroom is okay? Is it any bathroom, or is it all bathrooms, or just the bathroom at home? Um, you know, same for bedrooms. Which ones? With the door closed and shades drawn if the window faces the street, when can masturbation take place, what materials can be involved, like lubricant ejaculating into a towel. Do you all of these purchased? things. purchased? Yeah, all of these things are, are important to discuss with this person, even though it is kind of an uncomfortable thing to talk about. Well, um, in higher
1: functioning cases, I'm sure it's the same things that apply of how to approach prospective partners. Right. How do you address this? I, I Again, never to name names, but I, I do know someone in my personal life who is very high functioning, but they do have difficulty mm-hmm. uh, because while they're fine to drive, they're fine to uh, consume alcohol, they have difficulty picking up women. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they, they tend to, I'm going to use this word, target very drunk women
0: mm. who won't
1: pick up on the disability, okay. which has some issues with it. There's right. definitely some issues there. Right. Um, and so you need to make sure that that's, that's rallied by friends and caretakers of how to recognize consent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, SSC is something that's going to be important for all people, regardless of mental state.
0: Right. Did I uh, word that? that right? Yeah. I think I think so I'm right here, Tommy. <laughs> Um, For some people that are particularly sexually frustrated um, and they're trying to figure themselves out, sometimes it's important to provide assistance in the form of instructional how-to videos, lubricants, or appropriate sex toys, and distinguish where those things are okay to be used and when they're not okay to be used. Um, Providing some kind of alternative sensory input, such as a deep pressure or tactile activity, like a stress ball. Yeah. Sometimes that can help, too. Um Trust balls are nice. And sometimes even it suggests um using a how-to visual task breakdown of masturbation with symbols showing the steps that are involved. Because sometimes people still don't know how to please have, themselves. Yeah, to please themselves in a way that, that will bring them some sort of kind of relief. That's why I think
1: it's cruel to bar people who are disabled from pornography mm-hmm. or from sex toys. I mean, especially if it's a person who it, it is very frustrating trying to find a romantic or sexual partner, especially in today's climate and, and the way that we live in a reconstruction, a reconstruction era of sexuality.
0: Oh yeah.
1: It's definitely the, the world. sexuality is being changed and, and I'm not trying to spout some sort of incel philosophy, but it's a very complicated walk on eggshells world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of folks disabled or not who don't want to fuck with it. Mm-hmm. And, and in that case, there are alternatives in right. the forms of pornography, in terms of VR sexuality oh, yeah. and toys, and if that makes a per- if that fulfills a person, what the fuck's wrong with that?
0: Right. Well, and there are other resources out there for people that are looking for help with this, and also like um, um, an occupational therapist is also a really good resource um, for people that need training and reinforcement in all of this, and also specifically choosing one person that somebody can go and talk to if they have issues regarding sexuality or something regarding, you know, private things. Um, It's important to have somebody safe that they can talk to in order to kind of establish, okay, this is what's going on with my body. I don't understand why it's doing this. Can you help me? Um, And so, and to also not to mention, like navigate the very tricky dating and flirting and stuff world. That said, um, what are your thoughts <laughs> No,
1: it just reached a very nice conclusion yeah um, did you, we want to open a discussion very briefly about uh, very high functioning individuals, especially in cases of uh, situations like uh, bipolar two schizophrenia I mean when we think about the very I don't want to call them my, I, high functioning is a good word for it um, there are a lot of, of heroes in a sense uh, in, in pop culture. I immediately go to Maria Bamford. Who is one of my absolute? I have a shrine to her at my house. Uh, I also go to someone like uh, Sid Barrett,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who ended up completely going catatonic in a sense from a schizophrenic sch- schizophrenia activated by high um, intake of LSD. Mm-hmm. You know who he is? Mm-mm. He was the original lead of Pink Floyd.
0: Oh, who, uh,
1: I mean to 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 say it a little bit crass, he fried his brain. He activated. L- uh, uh,
2: Didn't he sch- just come out the new?
1: he died. He, he, no, he, he didn't. I think Floyd came out with a new album, but Sid Barrett died in like 2006. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to your review of a dead man's album. Um, but, but sexuality for someone who has a disability like that can get very tricky and very complicated. But then... It goes back to the same idea of responsibility of a caretaker. If someone is their own caretaker, mm-hmm. their disability is very much responsibility of their own. And if they need help, it's their responsibility to get help.
0: To seek it out. Right. Yeah.
1: And there's nothing wrong with seeking help. Mm-hmm. I mean, the world is overfilled with people who are too stubborn to go ask for help. Myself included at times. And... If you're struggling with something, there are professionals out there at low cost, especially in university, it's fucking free. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a tendency from some folks, and this is something that really hasn't been politicized enough, I guess it starts to come into, into the uh, debates of gun control, mm-hmm. is if a person is their own caretaker, and they fail to take care of themselves, and they end up violating consent or hurting someone, it's their own fault if they did not seek out the proper precautions and, and go get help and get them and take care of themselves to protect other people from themselves.
0: Well, and I think there's also a little bit of social responsibility Mm -hmm. there involved in the people that are surrounding uh, people. Like if you notice somebody is acting very strange, not taking care of themselves, just like you would notice any other kind of other symptoms in somebody's behavior or something erratic. Like it's your responsibility to say, "Hey, is everything okay?" Checking in on people. Um, we live. We don't live, you know, in a vacuum. We live in a community where we can notice things about our our, our people. <laughs> yeah. I say, our people, like, you know, like our our, our you know, tribe. What, our, what, our what came to mind
1: for me was was very much the like the queer community, mm-hmm. and as it's becoming, like we talk about, it's becoming so normalized where it is the new normal. It was only a decade ago the queer community was very much clustered because mm-hmm. they were not safe outside of their neighborhood, and in that, I imagine a lot of mental disability became a burden wrong word delete that word of the community uh, of helping a person handle and protect
2: themselves from themselves um fuck you didn't replace that word with anything just um just bleep the
1: word just bleep the word the b word is a mean word um, leave it in Leave it in uh, And a, let someone can, write me There's going to be a ang- lot
2: of editing okay?
1: Let someone write me an angry email The B word is a very mean word There's going to be a lot of editing But
2: you were just like Replace that word But you did not Include or replace Smerden
1: I'm Out Of notes Of notes Yeah you know, he's already going to have to uh, Out of materials I'm out of material I mean we've gotten a lot Okay uh, what else I mean? can
0: talk a little bit more about resources.
1: Do we want to talk about race and disability? No I mean there's only really only one point to say in that society definitely sweeps black people under the rug
2: it's like the KFC double down.
1: you want to define that joke for me? No buddy oh buddy i
2: don't want it to do it, it wasn't a kfc fried chicken joke you racist i want this to your be. mind went there mine didn't but why did your mind go there because it's not two pieces of chicken on either side
0: reaching a certain age does not confer the capacity to understand the consequences of one a, one's actions
1: i'm still recovering from that
0: the um, arbitrary setting of an age for consent will not automatically confer on a child protection from sexual abuse and is no substitute for the duty of parents to behave responsibly, wisely, and proactively in the manner – or in the matter of giving their children the information they need about sex guidance uh, that will equip them to consent to it or refuse it and how to make that decision. So, like, I guess we kind of say, okay, 18, you know everything you need to know at this point about sex and consent.
2: even that's still – like just a delineation, it's not yeah. it's not
1: strict, but that's what it comes down to whenever you have to create guidelines for an entire society. and I've always stood by eighteen being a fine number. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are folks who want to move it down i I think it should be a package deal. I think mm-hmm. it should be guns, voting, sexual rights. Drinking, drinking, smoking, lottery. I think everything should come at one age. I think 18's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's when a country can send you off to die. That's what we did with all of those fucking babies in the Vietnam War. I don't know about handguns,
0: rifles. Okay, that's guns are a
1: whole other topic. Yeah, and I don't even have my own opinion straight on that. I'm not left or right on guns, and we can have a full debate on that. And I think it would be enlightening. But sex it's and guns. To this. It's not right. Yeah, and I <laughs> don't.
2: I don't think. The age of consent should be different than the age of drinking.
1: Yeah, I think it. I, well, I, you know what I've always thought is, if you're going to make anything below 18, it should be drinking. Uh, kids should learn to drink with their parents, which is legal. Yep. That's a hundred percent legal, and it's such a fucking travesty that the parents don't sit their kids down and drink with them and teach them how to drink.
0: They do in the UK, and but again, beside the point. In we're every digressing. European
2: nation. We t-
1: but that's that's one of those weird. No, I think this is important. I think because it, it's about parental responsibility. That true. that's, that's true. the underpinning of this entire episode. Yeah, is that if you're going to bring a life into this world, no matter what. Quirks, disabilities, unique features that child may have. There are certain responsibilities you need to give it. Otherwise, it's going to have to raise itself on the internet. And we are dealing with an entire generation of fuckwads who were raised by repressed parents who never talked to them about anything.
0: And so and they did learn everything on the internet. And so
1: they learned they were they learned everything from Nickelodeon, right here, and from Aim. <laughs> I'm in this too. I mean, in a sense, we all are. Mm-hmm. It, it would be so, like, my relationship with alcohol has been, has been troubled. If there's any, if there's any disability I quote, quote unquote could have, it would be alcoholism, because I've mm-hmm. struggled with fucking alcohol. And, and I never knew what alcohol was. It was never discussed with me. I got to see it, but I was never sat down and, and, and addressed and talked to about it. I had to find all that shit out on my own. And I, I imagine sex is the same way. And especially if you're developmentally disabled, that means you are, are literally not getting the full picture. You have to have your hand held mm-hmm. to get the full picture.
0: Well, and even with mental illness, a lot of the ways that we understand mental illness are by things that we've seen on TV. Yeah. You know, or that we're informed by by popular Bazinga.
1: culture. No, no bazingo. No. So. <laughs> get out.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think sex definitely rolls into that as well. Everything I needed to know about sex and sexuality, I learned from porn. Right? Thanks, internet. I learned about
2: sex from Friends. There you go. We're in the fine. TV show, not I didn't never had a show of Friends.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, there's no sex on, on Friends.
2: There is. They talk about sex in every episode. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's 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 all about fucking, well, and it's like a very weird
1: alternate well, universe did see, version. It, of it was fucking.
0: actually touted and in, in like um, advertised as like no sex in the show. Well, that, they I mean, never show they never
2: show anything, oh. <laughs> but the show is riddled with, yeah. with sex. Oh, yeah. And, and Monica whole, once slept with a high school student. The whole we, point- we showed them in bed together. The whole point of Friends, the entire
1: comedy of that entire fucking show is person A fucks person B- Person B did something strange or something weird that Person A didn't like, and now it's how do I lose this person? How do I address this person? One of the only it's like, very episodes, as
0: well, yeah, everyone all, is like... fucking
1: each other except for Phoebe. The only episode I watched entirely was one time.
2: My favorite episode: Booby was Dooby. Chandler
1: and... Booby Dooby walked in on the that other white honky masturbating to a TV show, and they were dating in that episode. I think it was the brother and sister, and he changed the channel really quick to uh, the Discovery Channel, and it was a shark. And so Hoobie Doobie spends the rest of the episode like, my boyfriend has a shark fetish. Wait,
2: and they're then, brother and sister, but they're also boyfriends.
1: Yes, and then like the end of the episode is her wearing a shark costume, and she's coming out, and she's like crying. He's like, I don't want to get fucked while being a shark. Did I miss an episode and of he's Monica like, and Ross? <laughs> that was the 20-minute plot. And then he's like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't masturbating to the shark. I was masturbating to pornography. Why didn't you say Are something? Are you sure
2: you're not thinking about... This Joey and Chandler might have been a fever dream, but I, was I gonna think say, it's real.
0: I don't remember anything. I feel like that, that.
2: I feel like that would be an episode where Joey walks in on Chandler jerking off. Some listener, hey, can we do an episode that's Joey's like, sex and religion? Why don't you just find a girl as fuck?
0: Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> on our on our hundred and fourth episode,
2: sex and gun control. Oh gosh, okay. what are we doing our Friends episode?
0: Hey guys, um, I think that pretty much wraps it up this episode. I think next time we're going to meet up for episode 53, and the topic for that is.
1: Oh. oh. <laughs> we're going to bugs again. Oh. 52.
0: I'm sorry, 52.
2: 53.
0: Nope. 52. It's 53.
2: It's 53.
0: Because today is 52. Oh. Well, this is our anniversary episode. Yeah, it is our anniversary episode. Um, and next time we'll be discussing nullification.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, call, I call bullshit on that. I want to discuss Why? something positive. It's a real thing. It's okay. a real thing, but we've, we've it, I don't want to do something heavy. I want to do something light. Next
0: one will be uh, impact play.
2: Well. Yes, I have a perfect game for that one. What? Well,
0: what wrestling move would you do on your lover? It's
1: going to be for the episode. Uh, so today's episode was kind of a mishmash of a lot of different ideas, and I'm sure it ended up heavily edited too. If if there's something that we didn't discuss, or especially that uh, any of us, me in particular, said that was out of line, please let us know. Um, like I've said before, we're not psychological professionals or psychiatry professionals. We're really just people who are trying to tear down all the weird, repressed stuff. I think that if more people had conversations like this, like we have with their friends, they would have a better understanding of their own sexuality. And if everyone was having conversations like we, have, like we are having, um, I think the world would be a better place.
0: Yeah. Let's just, normalize some of this stuff that we've repressed for a long time. I mean,
1: and I've been thinking about this all week long, of just all the stupid shit that happens in the world and stuff we get hung up on instead. I mean, if you look on the headlines of CNN and Fox News – the bullshit that we talk about every day instead of talking about actual problems. It's just,
2: it's, it's nuts to me. It's fucking nuts to me. Uh, yeah. So, uh, with that said, if you would like to support the show, uh, the most important thing you can do is to, uh, share the show with a friend or family member. That would be kind of strange, but go ahead, share the show with a friend or family member. Uh, and then, uh, also follow us on Twitter, at KinkCastPodcast uh, that's our Twitter uh, send us any like corrections or omissions at Podcast or at just gmail. say hi com. or say hi at KinkCastPodcast at gmail.com uh, we respond to everything that gets said and uh, the second best thing you can do to help support the show is to give us a review Five stars. I actually think the best thing you can do is talk to your friends. That's the why way I said the second talk. best thing you can do.
1: I think that's the first best thing. Is to review it or just talk to friends. To talk to your friends.
2: Okay. Well, thanks for interrupting.
1: You're, you're welcome. I had to say something. I feel like if I don't say something every 30 seconds, the audience would be like, where's Tommy? Whenever Tommy's, <laughs> so Tommy's not on the leave. podcast, the audience,
2: everyone else needs to be asking, why is Tommy not talking? There's a lot of times where the like the fans just
0: question why I'm not here.
2: <laughs> it's because I'm quiet and letting you speak. Or I'm interrupting.
0: Yeah. Or you're not here for one episode. It's because you like drowned in a bunch of urine or something. So
2: the best episodes.
0: Anyways, okay. thanks for listening.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, kingcastpodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, give us a re- uh, review. Also follow us on Twitter. We respond to everything. Oh.